1: Was the sound of the BBC's theme music for World Cup 2006 in Germany? Uh, It was a bit pompous, but the alternative was ITV's music, which was Kasabian doing a cover version of David Bowie's Heroes. And frankly, fuck that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's every bit as awful as that sentence made it sound. Kasabian doing heroes on ITV for a World Cup.
1: In fact, if, they, if they'd replaced it with just a voice saying, Kasabian doing heroes by David Bowie yeah. on ITV, that mm. would have been more dynamic yeah. and preferable yeah, than what exactly. they came up with.
2: Just have fucking Gary Newbon saying that over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> over an untuned radio. <laughs> there would have been a certain David Lynch quality to I'm, that.
1: What I'm going to do is I'm going to go on YouTube and go on, on the Gary Newbon section mm. and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to edit section. out all of the words in that sentence and I'm going to put it together. Gary Newborn Gary Newborn must have said Kasabian at yeah, some point yeah, in his career yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah, so you'll I'll, find I'll, that no problem I'll do that Gary Newborn actually presented ITV's coverage of Glastonbury <laughs> a few years ago when there was a what? brief period I don't know if you know of like ITV won the rights to Glastonbury in a big money bidding war against BBC they only kept it for one year and it was presented by Gary Newborn and Gabby Logan <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm refusing to believe no, that That's not true of course it isn't. So this is um, World Cup Time Machine, the spin-off from Top Flight Time Machine. Um, we're, we've reached two thousand and six. What well, I should say, <clears throat> sorry. If, you, if you're enjoying the podcasts and you want to follow us, we're on Twitter at TF Time Machine and subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast system it is that you use, mm. so that you don't miss anything. Uh, we've decided we're going to do more podcasts from the start of the new season, haven't we?
2: Yeah, there's been a decision made at corporate level. <laughs> In uh, Time Machine Corp, which is registered in Gibraltar, for (laughs) reasons that we're not going to go into. And it's nothing dodgy, it's it's just that Andy and I and our board of directors enjoy the sunshine and the um, orangutans, is it? Something like that.
1: Some kind of monkeys. So yeah, we're going to be doing weekly um, topical podcasts. So the Time Machine concept will still be intact, but it'll be kind of just 48 hours that we're going back rather than 20 years. Yeah. So don't write in and complain. It's still a fucking time machine, right?
2: Whether you like it or not.
1: Anyway, let's move on. World Cup 2006 was in Germany. Now, I I've I've got to be completely honest. I don't know why, but I've got no recollection of this World Cup whatsoever.
2: That's not a good start. Other than
1: the um the event of the of the final when head headbutted Marco Ma- Ma- Ma-
2: Matarazzi Marco Matarazzi Is it Marco Matarazzi Yeah. It okay. was him. He'd played for Everton and maybe Newcastle. Let's say yes.
1: I, mean, I don't know why I've got no recollection. It was a World Cup. I wasn't in prison or anything. I had a two-year-old child. That might have took up some of my time. But, That'll be it. But I've, I've, Honestly, I've gone through all this research. I've got loads of notes and I, I can barely remember any of it. Um, are You only any recollections of it before we wrap up? Yeah, I was up?
2: working on the World Cup so I was very lucky that it was a brief period where the um, where the mobile phone companies. I think it was Free Mobile or it might have been O two. I can't remember which of them. Right. But they thought they the the way forward was to make their own television shows and put them exclusively for their, um, you know, subscribe. What do you call it? Their, they put them to play them on, on the mobile phone. phones. So if you, so if you were the O two, if you were an O two subscriber. What was good was you had your tariff and you had your certain bundle of texts per month. But on top of that, you would get exclusive access to Sam Delaney <laughs> sat in a small room with Graham Lasso talking about that day's football coverage. What, what, but they'd bought the rights as well. Anyway, it was obviously you know, not going to... It was. It didn't lead to the huge spike in people <laughs> leaving Vodafone and Orange to go to O2 as they had imagined. Uh, and uh, even if it had done, people would have been disappointed because obviously there wasn't 4G yet. I think there was barely was 3G. Say,
1: did it not, it eat up all of your data allowance yeah. and B, was it not unwatchable because yeah. of the, the low quality of, of, of uh, mobile internet then?
2: Yeah, it, all those things are true. So a complete waste of time. All those things are true. It was a waste of time. But
1: you got fat and giggly on the oh, process. Oh,
2: I got, like, plenty of money for it. I did every single day of the World Cup. I think right. a, bar, a couple where they got someone else to present it. And I was there every night till we recorded the show when all the games ended, which was at about 10 o'clock yeah. the last one ended. So we'd be there till... So we'd just sit around watching the game with whoever the guests were that day. It was always one ex-pro... Uh, usually, either Les Ferdinand, Graham Nasso, or Ray Wilkins, mm-hmm. and then there would be um, a guest from the celebrity world,
1: a member of Kasabian.
2: Sometimes, or were you not kind of high
1: profile enough to, to attract? No,
2: we we got the, the budgets were big. We got some all right guests. I can't remember them now, but we did have people like, um, you know, the Page Three girls at the time, Lucy Pinder and Michelle something. Oh yeah, they were always on it. Um, yeah, so. It was what, a lot What's not the love? Yeah, it was it was, it was it was. an entertaining show called Berlin or Bust. I'm certain you will never find it anywhere on YouTube. <laughs> but if you did, you'd love it.
1: So Gary Newborn wasn't on it? It wouldn't be in the Gary Newborn section of YouTube? No,
2: unfortunately not. He he priced himself out of that particular gig and I cashed in.
1: His loss. Mm. Um, well, well, the subject of, of mediocre Britpop, whatever it was called, mm. um, the England song that year was done by Embrace. Do you remember Embrace?
2: I remember Embrace, yeah.
1: Uh, and they were given the England song, and it doesn't actually even feature the fucking England squad. It's wow, just an Embrace song. Disgusting. It's called "World at Your Feet." I'll play a little clip of it now for you.
0: With the world-
1: Christ alive! life, that was World at Your Feet by Embrace. That...
2: I would go as far as to say, I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out right with I, that. It was awful, it was, it was depressing me. Was I mean, fair play Embrace, and I'm sure there's lots of people out there who like them, and I'm sure they're a nice bunch of lads, but not for me.
1: There was a little bit of a reminiscence of the It's Coming Home, It's Coming Home, from yeah. Three Lions there, which they, they'd borrowed.
2: But it was a song that seemed to not really know why it existed, That's, or where th- it was going.
1: Yeah, which is quite fitting for the England squad, I think, of 2006. Mm. It got to number three in the charts, but Bloody by hell. 2006, the fucking charts were a mess anyway. So yeah, they were. Really,
2: people had given up.
1: Number three doesn't really mean anything.
2: This, this is, is it! it.
1: Mascot wise, the 2006 mascot was called Golio. Mm. Now, he was a lion.
2: Ah, uh, hang on. That's a rip off.
1: It was a rip off, yeah, a rip off of England <clears throat> and the Netherlands as well, who, who enjoy the lion. Um, and if you can, uh, do you have a picture of him in front of you there?
2: No, I'm gonna look him up. Hold on,
1: goalie. all I'll see is that he looks really fucking lonely, um, and he needs a haircut. And he also didn't wear any shorts either, the dirty bastard.
2: uh so you could see his lion, Willie.
1: Wait, well, it was it was under his lion fur, so you what, couldn't it see it. it. Oh, it, it,
2: was, it was hidden, hidden by away. his fur. I
1: imagine when he was aroused, it would sort of peek out.
2: Oh no! Of, of the like firm. what when Germany scored?
1: Probably, yeah. And he was accompanied by something called Pillier, which was a talking football.
2: So they had two.
1: Well, I don't think the talking football had all that much influence on stuff. I think I think Pillier was like Golio's sort of.
2: Oh, I'm looking at Golio now. He looks rather he like, looks rough, doesn't he? Yeah, like threadbare. <laughs> Hungover. He looks th- he looks threadbare, like. Um, <laughs> like a lion you might see at a um eastern european former communist zoo. state yeah circus <laughs> i went to a hungarian circus christmas before last and it was a traumatic experience because i'm
1: laughing but it's not funny is it, it was
2: awful because the the animals were in a right state yeah and they're all drugged and threadbare and like uh, and then and then at one point they had a cat show have you ever heard of that
1: no just cats
2: like Normal cats like you or I well, may have in our home. Did they have tricks? Yeah, they had them jumping through hoops and whatnot, and going on <laughs> seesaws. And I thought, I don't know why. Why should I feel more sympathy for cats and lions? But well, they're thought, the same thing. Well, yeah, cat family, isn't it? And I thought, what the hell's this? This is awful. And then at, <laughs> at the end, it got worse because it became racist. They oh. said, "We're going to do a basketball show now." They did. said this in Hungarian, but I was there with my Hungarian in-laws, well, they and they didn't translated. Black some of the
1: cats up, did they?
2: no almost as bad (sighs) what they had was they had a load of like acrobats jumping off trampolines to slam dunk basketballs miles up in the air which was kind of cool
1: human acrobats Uh,
2: human acrobats yeah and then this then uh, there was a big fanfare and a giant basketball <laughs> NBA player came out. And when I say giant, I mean giant. He was about twelve foot tall, or no more. Because what it was was it was a load of the acrobats on each other's shoulders. I was going to see
1: whether well, they were wearing a long mack, and it was two. Uh, and ago. they were
2: wearing, they were wearing a gigantic papier mâché head. Which was, how can I put this? It was basically like a cruel racial stereotype of black people oh from colonial God. times. Oh, my God. Like, with massive big red lips. Like and
1: the, the, Like, from the marmalade jar. The, yeah, the, 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 like a or,
2: or A bit like how, I don't know, you know like how... I don't think you, can say that you know how Tintin was racist? Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen how Herjay liked to draw... <laughs> African natives. Yes. It wasn't pleasant, yes. and that's what they had based this <laughs> oh, on God. in Hungary. And the guy comes out, this massive giant NBA player with big basketballs, and they started playing sort of hip hop style music. All right, and he was spinning balls around on his hands, <laughs> and the Hungarians were crying with laughter at this. But as far as I could see, the the joke was that it was a black person. Yeah, there
1: was like and it said on a, laughter. and it just
2: said USA. NBA on his vest, Uh and it wasn't nice. And between that and the threadbare (laughs) Wildcats, I came away feeling very—it was an unedifying experience, to say the Uh, least.
1: I have one question for you: Mm. Would you go again?
2: (laughs) In the blink of an eye? (laughs) No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It was awful because I was there with my kids, and I think they were young enough then to not ask too many questions. But if we went back again. There'd be, they would be, my son would be asked questions, and my daughter, I mean, kids now are very politically Whoa, correct. Oh,
1: yeah, tell us about it. I mean, they do not Jesus. take any shit, do they?
2: Yeah, my daughter Whoa. would be on it like a car bonnet. She'd be angry, she'd be protesting, she'd probably tie herself to a lion or something like yeah. that in protest, you know.
1: And the lion wouldn't be bothered. Would no, be safe, the lion was so full Too of drugged.
2: You know what they've been feeding that lion? That bloody Argentinian tranquilizer <laughs> gatorade. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looked like. From anyway. 1986.
1: Mm. Um, where were we? Oh yeah, Gol the Lion. The lonely, hungover, shabby, scruffy lion mascot. Yeah,
2: past his best <coughs> quite old, but still having to like turn up for these events. Yeah.
1: And the slogan of the tournament was A Time to Make Friends.
2: Oh. So we've well, got that,
1: we've got World at Your Feet by Embrace, and we've got Golio the Lion.
2: Not to get <coughs> all Stan Boardman, but do you think that this being you know? I would say one of the first big international events they'd staged since the war, but I don't think that would be true because I think they'd staged other like, football well, tournaments. Well, they had 74 as well. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. forget that. All right. But they were... they they By saying a time to make friends, <laughs> it was almost a belated <laughs>
1: yeah, late, <laughs> sort of
2: apology for everything that happened in the 40s. They're yeah. like, look, let's put the past behind us. Yep. There are no wrongs and rights in war really if you think about it we all made mistakes and let's just make friends now we,
1: we might have been spending the last 50 years looking at exploiting angles where we could possibly reactivate our um, our program but it's not going to happen and it's now we've, we've definitely a time we've concluded to make friends
2: there's no way we can not for, for the time being at least there is no way we are going to be we're, able to take over <laughs> Europe and a huge swathe of Asia Africa and North America we're
1: not getting the band back together for <laughs> one last job it's not happening it is now a time to make friends and have a World Cup
2: yeah this, this is, is it, it.
1: Um we'll we'll look at England shall we England is Sven-Göran Eriksson's second World Cup finals as England manager um and for this one it all got a bit sexy because the wags were invited along yes to accompany the players now I do remember this from 2006 it's one of the few things I do remember
2: Baden-Baden
1: Baden-Baden yeah in the Black Forest mm. um I mean some pundits were appalled by the fact that women and children and what have you were allowed along how to dare they Alan Shearer was one of them who who said it wouldn't have happened in his day (laughs) I I really
2: don't understand this when they say oh it's awful isn't it Um, it's really awful that the players get bored and people say well they shouldn't get bored they're there to do a job I don't understand these players perform at an extremely high level season round Mm. and um, on the whole they finish training every day and they go back to their homes. Yeah. I mean, I know in the old days you'd say, oh, no, they don't. They go to they're the, the bookies or they go and get pissed up. But I think a lot of them nowadays, they're a bit more... Like, a lot of them are married, they've got kids. They go home. Yeah. They see their family every day. It's good for your state of mind. Whatever work you do, incidentally, you've got to have a life outside of work. So why should it be that we should expect them when they go away for this intense four-week tournament mm-hmm. Why should we approach it almost like they're going to prison? Like, of course you should have all your family and kids out there if you want. Yeah. It's not a distraction because that's like saying during the football season having access to your family and loved ones Mm -hmm. is a distraction. Well, all those Man City players who won the league at a canter didn't have a problem you know Pep Guardiola wasn't going now well played lads now whatever you do have no contact <laughs> yeah. with your loved ones over the <laughs> I- until the end of the season because believe me it will ruin your performance on a Saturday
1: exactly well yeah that's true Um I mean now in 2018 World Cup there's, there's no wags that have gone along but the players are all busy performing in comedy skits and making YouTube videos oh, and yeah. racing fucking unicorns up and down a swimming pool so um that's not really missed they're not bored anymore. No. Um yeah so the wags were there and I think it was merely so that Sven Göran Eriksson could sit by the pool each day with his sunglasses on and just ogle them.
2: Yeah, check out the latest I talent, that's, see that's which you're, yeah, what it was, yeah. Him and Tord Grip. Yeah. You know what Tord means in Swedish?
1: Um no.
2: Super. Does it? Super grip. Super grip. <laughs> grip means grip, but Tord means super. <laughs> Here's another fantastic bit of Scandinavian trivia I yep. discovered this week. In Denmark, do you know what the title for Die Hard 3 with a Vengeance is? I'm going to say no. This is true, right? Come on, Die Hard with a Vengeance in Denmark is called Die Hard Mega Hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: fantastic!
2: And that is a true fact because fantastic. I found it out on Twitter.
1: That's not like your Gary Newborn, Glastonbury fact. No, that
2: is actually real. Actually true. Mm.
1: Right, let's weird into England's um, World Cup performance in 2006. They started with a, a, a shabby 1-0 win against Paraguay. Uh, there was an own goal in the third minute, which sealed the, sealed the victory for England. Oh. And um, at one point, Paul Robinson, who was in goal, kicked a clearance which hit the Jumbotron screen that was hanging down from above the centre circle. <laughs> and that was pretty much the highlight of that match. Um, then they went on to play Trinidad and Tobago. They won that one 2-0 with two late goals from Peter Crouch and Steven Gerrard. Mm. Aaron Lennon and Stuart Downing came on as subs. Now, that to me doesn't smack of golden generation. Aaron Lennon and Stuart Downing with Paul
2: Robinson. Aaron Lennon was pretty good He was quick. Yeah, they they didn't have a decent keeper. But, do you know what, I'm reading Sven... Goran Eriksson's autobiography at the moment, and even by the standard of lazy footballing autobiographies, this one really does take the biscuit. I mean, talk about phoned it in. Yeah. He literally barely is bothered to remember the pertinent details of any of the tournaments. Right. I mean, he kind of covers our 5 1 defeat of Germany in the qualifying rounds to 2002 in about a page and a half. And he literally just <laughs> describes the goals. He describes the goals. That's the it. The goals. The goals. Well, yeah, he might as well be describing the girls. He goes into disappointingly little detail about his um, exploits with Ulrika Johnson. Oh, like nothing about what she was like. He keeps saying all the way through, "Well, I'm Swedish, and we are very private people, and we don't give much away of ourselves. For yeah, that is a right. sign of weakness." And I'm thinking, "Well, I can tell because your book shit. That's almost defeats the purpose of the book." Yeah. But he says, at the end of the 2002 chapter, he says, we got unlucky, but Brazil were the better side. And anyway, I always knew that 2006 was the World Cup that we could win. It was
1: building up towards this one.
2: he went there thinking we could win because he thought the players would be kind of maturing nicely by that stage. Plus, what he didn't know was that Rooney would be coming through. Yeah. Yeah. but So he, he thought they were good, but you can tell from things that he says in this book and from the things that certain England players have said, like Rio Ferdinand since, is that really that could have been a golden generation, but Sven just wasn't really that good a manager. He was a manager who just said, you play 4 4 I pick the same team right. in every game. Don't forget, Sven Goran Eriksson was the bloke who ruined Paul Scholes. So people bemoan... I mean, it didn't ruin him for Manchester United, but for England. People bemoan the fact that pe- players of the past, like Glenn Hoddle, were underused by managers. Yeah. But here we had Paul Scholes, who you could say was the complete midfielder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, most foreign onlookers, including people like Zidane famously, would say, well, he was the best midfielder of his generation. England could have built a team around him. Yeah. But Sven loved Lampard and Gerrard, because Lampard and Gerrard had more of a superstar persona do you think and that's
1: what it was? Do you think it was a, a reflected glory eagle kind of?
2: It could have been thing? that. I think it, you know it could have even been the FA lights and players. To, you know that was a star-studded lineup where everyone was a commercial entity. David Beckham, Michael Owen, uh, Wayne Rooney, Lampard, Gerrard, Paul Scholes. The, they would all admit was the best footballer of all of them, but he was the least commercial kind of player, wasn't he? Because he so... he didn't do anything. He just. And <laughs> the other thing was was that we always had a gap on the left of midfield. And and Sven thought, well, who am I going to put out there? Well, Skulls is the best player, so he can probably Stick he'll, the he'll, he'll, he'll kid be he'll be he'll be the most able to cope playing out of yeah. position. So he was not very good, Sven Goran Eriksson. I think he was lazy and he was in it for the dough and the and ladies, know, the fanny. To, I know that's not a nice way of putting it, but that's a Swedish word that's and free. it means ladies.
1: Okay, fair enough. But I mean, you know, have Stuart Downing on, so there was some kind of presence on the left hand side there, but uh, albeit ineffective. Yeah. Uh, final group game, we drew 2 2 with Sweden. Uh, Joe Cole gave England the lead on 34 minutes.
2: Was that his wonder goal?
1: Uh, yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Gerrard made it 2 1. I don't know who scored for Sweden. Henrik Larsson equalised on 90 minutes. So, but England did squeeze through the group. Um, and in the last 16, the beat Ecuador by one goal to nil a David yeah. Beckham free kick I think it was mm. and that's the last time England won a knockout game at the World Cup
2: bloody hell 12 years ago and I remember this was I mean you know this although
1: be- by the time you're listening to this when it goes out we next Monday we we're on the brink of
2: winning another one
1: winning another one yeah
2: Yeah, we don't know at this point of recording this. We don't know who we'll be up against, but there is every chance they'll be better than Ecuador, and we only scraped through against Ecuador. This was supposed to be our golden generation, and all of my memories are defined by us kind of laboriously scraping past teams. And it was, and there was not one good performance. There wasn't a performance where you got really excited. The only one with more than you know us scoring one goal was the Sweden game.
1: Yeah. But then then it got to the quarterfinals Where we faced Portugal And You know It it kind of all just It didn't fall apart But it just faded away Into nothing Uh, Rooney was sent off For stamping on Ricardo Cavalho And if you remember um, Ronaldo was straight over there Calling for Rooney to be sent off Yeah and that was the wink That was the wink He did Mm. the wink at the bench when, um, when the red card came out so that was nice he got plenty of stick for that yeah I mean
2: the, the, what's interesting about that is, is that they were club mates at the time and people were saying people were so outraged in England at his Ronaldo wink was going to have to be banished wasn't he you're going to have to sell him I mean yeah. he winked <laughs> I mean for fuck's sake people were people are so I mean like the whole country particularly during World Cups the whole country becomes those Harry Enfield characters the self-righteous brothers yeah, don't they yeah Ah. Oh. For him to stand there at international level in a FIFA COT tournament and wink at his own friends because one of the opposition have been sent off. <laughs> I'm not having it. No. No. Fergie has got to boot him out. <laughs> he can never set foot on this soil again.
1: But there is the argument that as, as, as a, a race and a society we'd moved on because we didn't like set a fight to any effigies or... Hang effigies of Ronaldo from outside pubs.
2: Yeah, in that in sense, things had got better. I mean, so, you know, on, on small the '98 podcast, I thought we made a very elegant case for why that particular moment in history was probably mankind at its peak. Yeah, Montel Williams, the Walking Dog, <laughs> etc. Yeah, but in 2006, we were now post
1: 9/11. Mm, a more somber period, wasn't it, it? It was a
2: somber period, and and in most ways, things were going downhill fast. But at least West Ham fans weren't setting fire to effigies of David Beckham outside <laughs> Boozers.
1: This is true. This is true. And um, of course, England went out on penalties. They lost the penalty shootout 3 1. Portugal m- missed two of their penalties, but still, uh, we only managed to score one out of four. Owen oh, Hargreaves. my God.
2: Hargreaves was the
1: only one who S- Har- scored. Har- Hargreaves was the only one who scored. Lampard missed his. Dickhead. Gerard missed his. Dickhead. And the fourth penalty was taken by, would you like to have a guess?
2: Well, so Rooney was off. I'm going to guess Darius Vassell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would you have one more guess?
2: Uh, Okay, Um, John Terry. Close. Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher took a penalty. Jamie Carragher. This This is is it. it. Selling a little or a lot. This, this is, is it. it! There's a lot of stories about the families of... They, it was Bedlam in Baden-Baden. I've heard a few stories. <laughs> Would you like to hear them? I'm not going to name names uh, okay, because we've it, had enough if, legal if, problems If they're legally
1: before. sound...
2: They're not legally sound. Are you going to
1: deliver them in a method that's legally m- my, sound?
2: Yeah, I will. My sources will not be prepared to stand up in court should it go that far. But I did hear... We've already it,
1: got shilton on our
2: backs. I did, I did hear... It was utter bedlam in Baden Baden right. because of the wags and also the friends and family. And there was two families there in particular. Um one were from London and they were the family of one of our players. Right. And they were a notorious family, let's say. <laughs> right. And I'm and, looking
1: at the squad list now. <laughs> and there was
2: another family, and I'm gonna be careful about how specific I'm here, who were from the northwest of right. England, a famous okay. city in the northwest. Yep. And they had a similar reputation to the ones from London. A lively family. They were lively. That's the perfect phrase. They were lively. <laughs> Ebullient. One of those families that it wasn't just the brothers and the cousins. Mum and dad were dead lively as well. Like right. Mum was just as likely to stick the nut on someone who was looking at her funny in the bar in Baden-Baden as the little brother was. Right.
1: I've only been to Benidorm once, but it's it's. I'm getting the same
2: kind of vibe. It's, they both had a Benidorm vibe, yeah. vibe about them. And uh, well, the northwestern one. The son was in his shower uh, in, his, in the hotel room in Baden-Baden, and Todd Grip, Super Grip, <laughs> Super Grip, had been round, and he dished out the old like tracksuits. Vitamin
1: pills. Oh, no, track no. Suits.
2: So you had your your official cap. And your England tracksuit with your name embroidered on it. Right. World Cup 2006 and all of that it's stuff. a
1: menial job for Tony yeah, Grip. Well, it not have
2: been. To- I just wanted to say Super Grip again. <laughs> it would have been someone on the staff. McLaren. Might have been a Mc- job for McLaren. Sounds like a <laughs> yeah, good job for McLaren. <laughs> right. So they've gone round and, uh, and, and on his bed is his official club tracksuit and a load of other paraphernalia all with his name embroidered on. Special souvenir stuff, but also stuff you're expected to wear during the tournament. Yeah. And uh, while this unnamed um, but very famous England player was in the shower, his dad came in. The d- door, door was unlocked. His dad came in um, to have a chat with him, but noticed the gear was on the bed. <laughs> so the players come out, and he never knew that the gear was there. So he's gone out. So he's had to turn up to train the next morning just in his normal tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, effectively in his vest he and pants. I his kid and Super Grip and Sven have given it. Why are you dressed like this? You are supposed to wear our official stuff. You look <laughs> terrible. Like that. And he goes, Well, I never got it. And they said, Well, it was left in your room. And the bloke apparently immediately went, Oh, oh Dad. Dad. <laughs> and later that day, he was in Baden-Baden having a walk around, and he saw some lads come up and go, going, Ah! Oh. Some Scouse lads, Ah, look at that tracksuit! Because Dad had been out and sold them oh. straight away. He'd nicked his official tracksuit and sold them. Now the same family um, one night apparently it was like Sodom and Gomorrah in the hotel, they were all like on the royal piss and some of the wags were on all sorts of other <laughs> stuff the the laced array and everything right, and the, they're all pissed up in the lobby and the hotel doors open can and we, there's a few just people standing there
1: Diego Maradona at Argentina versus Nigeria the other day wouldn't yeah. have been out of place, he was would have felt assessment? very much at
2: home <laughs> He would have felt very much... And who's to say he wasn't involved in that party (laughs) in some way? And the the lift doors open. And the mother of Player One (laughs) was being made sex to by the brother of Player Two. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, the son of of the mum was there in the lobby to witness this occurring. in front of a lot of his peers I don't know whether Sven saw it or not that's
1: not good for team bonding is it
2: yeah well that player did eventually I think step back from international football (laughs) partly on that basis but like I say rumour and hearsay but I've had that story verified By a number of sources
1: feel free to google the England 2006 World Cup squad and yeah, make your own guesses. As to I think I've been involved.
2: sufficiently cautious.
1: I'm not sure you have, but never mind.
2: Okay, <laughs> this, this is, is it! it. So that was
1: England, they went out on penalties against Portugal. Um, going back to the group stages, uh, the most notable thing from the group stages for me was uh, when Graham Paul gave three yellow cards out in one match, wonderful to the same player. It was Josip Siminic of Croatia versus Australia, um, and the thing was that the third yellow card only came after the final whistle, when Siminic went up to Paul and shoved him in the chest.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: now you'd think he'd keep his head there, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's had two yellows. He should have been off. Yeah, you think he would just sort of skulk off back to the changing rooms? I would have rooms. yeah,
2: really kept a back seat. But he obviously, for I can, I nothing can I'm touch me. I'm invincible now. I'm invincible. Perhaps
1: I'm invisible even. I could do whatever I want. <laughs> so he, he ran up and Paul shoved him in the chest, got his... I mean, it shouldn't have been a fucking yellow, should it? It should have been a straight red. That's a think. straight red in itself.
2: Yeah. Paul had completely lost the plot.
1: He had completely lost the plot and Paul had many sleepless nights afterwards and immediately retired from refereeing international tournaments, um, jumping very much before he was pushed.
2: Mm. Yeah, but he did all right, Graham Paul, because he continues to, you know, broadcast and be regarded as a referee and expert. And I think the reason for that is, is that is that he decided to own it. So, you know, I used to do a radio show with him and he used to regularly make jokes about it himself. He'd bring it up himself. And I think there's a lesson there for everyone. If you've made a colossal fuck-up, don't go running scared. Keep going on and on about it. Be yourself.
1: Get the jokes in before someone else does. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, fair
2: enough. I think Freud spoke about the shadow self, (laughs) which is a... If there is a disconnect between the the person you are projecting mm-hmm. yourself as to to people around you yeah. and the person that you actually are inside right the bigger the disconnect between those two things right. the unhappier you will be right okay i think i mean i this is i've heard this is this, this a personal hand. attack on me No, it's a bit like this it's, it's very similar to the story about the 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 shenanigans in barden babble <laughs> in that i've just heard it second and third hand from other people <laughs> i've not read the books right but while we're on the subject if you do have recurring dreams about shitting in public... Yeah. Do you think that Freud would say that that is a disconnect between your shadow self and your real self?
1: Um, I would say that Freud would assess that as being... Uh, yeah, I think so. A wide disconnect.
2: My, You know my friend, John... Laptop to, case, yeah, yeah, who had, had been suffering from those dreams. It wasn't one has, dream, he had the dreams. It's since been going the last on. No, there's been a development in his dream patterns <laughs> that he updated me on, <laughs> okay. And I don't know whether it was that because I'd broadcast the dreams, the nature of the dreams on the podcast, which yeah. I know he listens to, yeah, I think that Hi, that, John. that might have put his head in, in more of a it might have made it his, his subconscious. Sort of more alert to it all. But he had a dream, apparently, the other night where he was at a friend's house with his wife and he was trying to make his excuses and get out of this house because they, him and his wife weren't enjoying the social occasion. And while they were trying to make quick excuses and leave, um, John Laptop Case noticed that he was entirely trouserless and pantless and he accidentally... <laughs> like sh- and he accidentally <laughs> shat on the floor. <laughs> and then... Tr- tried to distract his hosts because he thought I can probably just get out of here, uh, I can probably just do the off without mentioning it, and they'll probably just think the cat or the dog done it.
1: <laughs> Freud would have a field day with that, I think. To yeah. be honest,
2: John, if you're listening, yeah, do
1: you know what my recurring dream is? What it's about, um, an alternative route between Newcastle and Edinburgh.
2: <laughs> Fucking hell, no way,
1: yeah. Well it is, right? You go through Newcastle City Centre and you go up past St James's Park, yeah. as usual, but then you turn left and it goes <laughs> onto a dual carriageway and then you you go up and then you take another left and then there's some woods and you drive through the woods to get to Edinburgh.
2: But this is make believe. This is a make believe route, or is it it's, a route no, it doesn't that actually exist. exists? It, oh right, so it's it doesn't, it doesn't exist. So it's the, a town the, planning related yeah, sort the bi- of thing. The dream. bit up
1: to St James's Park exists in reality, but once you once you get to the top of the hill past St James's and you take a left that's when the dream... But it's a recurring... It's, a, it's like
2: a secret road. It's a recurring How long route. have you been having this dream for?
1: Fucking couple of years now.
2: Fucking hell. <laughs> um, well... Any thoughts? How do we interpret that? First of all, I think you are certainly more sane and arguably more boring than John than Laptop Than John Laptop case. case, yeah. I feel you've got... I'll definitely. you definitely got f- fewer hang-ups. <laughs> um, I've but got no emotional connection with Edinburgh, though, so I don't understand what... Y- you You want to be somewhere. You want to go somewhere. Somewhere else and you, you're you not quite sure of your route. I don't know. <laughs> or you want, well, you want to get where you're going, yeah. but you want to get up. there quicker. I want to get up. You want to get up, but you don't want to go the hard way. You want you want a shortcut. I want to go in the woods. You're looking for shortcuts, Andy, but life's not like that.
1: Okay. Well, at least I've warmed up and confessed. And That's true. Owned so owned
2: you're less worried dream. about the shadow self now. How are we talking about the shadow self?
1: Um, I've got no idea, but let's move on.
2: This, this is, is it. it!
1: One of the... Um, one of the interesting aspects of World Cup 2006 was the ambush marketing scandal.
2: Do you remember this? Was that like Paddy Power, having people wearing pants or something like that? It was kind of
1: like that. It was some Dutch fans who were forced to take off their orange lederhosen because it was branded with the logo of Bavaria Beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, what what it was, the Dutch fans, if they purchased 12 cans of Bavaria beer, they could then buy this lederhosen for seven ninety five <laughs> And it had a tail on as well yeah. for Holland's national lion symbol.
2: Ooh, I wouldn't I, like that. I
1: don't think Golio had a tail. Yeah, well, but also, the one that was, hiding... the ta-
2: was the tail on the glass of beer?
1: No, 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 the tail is on the lederhosen. Oh, okay. You buy the 12 cans and you pay your eight quid and you get your, your lederhosen, orange lederhosen with Bavaria's logo on it and a tail sticking off the back and it also had two large pockets in it for storing beer cans
2: mm, quite nice
1: now FIFA didn't take kindly to this because Budweiser was the official beer of the tournament
2: I remember this
1: so what happened was the Dutch fans were forced to take off their, their lederhosen as they went into the stadium those fucking Germans a quote here from a grieved uh, chairman of Bavaria beer at uh, Peer Sfinkels and he said D- "They you put our trousers in the bin Fans fans going into the stadium had to dump them in a big container. (laughs) FIFA said the supporters could get them back afterwards, but the container was full of rubbish, so most people didn't bother. (laughs) I understand that FIFA wants to protect its sponsors, but this is very strange.
2: (laughs) Very strange.
1: And then a Dutch supporter, who actually was one of the victims, (laughs) uh, was forced to take his trousers off, uh, Seard Schreiers. He said, it's ridiculous. I queued for 25 <laughs> minutes to get in. When I reached the front, an official told me, you're not getting in like that. I took my trousers off. I managed to chuck them away over the fence to some friends. But another... But I managed to chuck them away over the fence to some friends.
2: <laughs> He's got <a> it, Brooklyn. <laughs> but,
1: another, but another official spotted them and took them away. I... I watched the game in my pants, he
2: said. (laughs) Fortunately, I had quite a long t shirt. Oh my god, this is like something that would happen to Frank Spencer. <laughs> so, um, fortunately, I had a long t shirt. Yeah. That's a great, I mean, you know, anyone who's had experience of having to remove their trousers at the game. But you are, you do think there's two things. One is there's a huge animosity between the Dutch and the Germans. And you wonder whether actually the root of this was how can we humiliate our Dutch nemesis? <laughs> Brethren. Let, let's make them take their trousers off as yeah. they come in. And also, the Germans. Like the Dutch, let's be fair here, but the Germans are massive perverts, are they? <laughs> they? are, yeah. They are huge, disgusting perverts. None of them and,
1: would deny that.
2: And uh, Fair
1: play to them as well.
2: Yeah, and they found a way of making people strip. Talking of leaving tr- ledo-hosing in a bin and going, oh, they wouldn't go back afterwards because uh, there was too much rubbish. <laughs> Full of rubbish. Which I can see, you know, like it's covered in old hot dog napkins with ketchup and mustard. <laughs> you don't want the ledo back of that stage. But I once went to... Um, I once went to Portsmouth away with West Ham, which is always a lively encounter. (laughs) Right. And we were down there for a midweek in the winter. And my mate Dan had been on a work trip to Barbados. Right. Right. And he came straight back. He flew into Heathrow and he'd gone straight on the train from Heathrow. He'd come directly, worked his way down to Portsmouth. Yep. And he had some Barbados rum on him, a big bottle that he'd got on the cheap, <laughs> And he'd been sweeping it from the bottle. <laughs> and then he met us outside the ground. He was already quite pissed and jet-lagged. And he was handing the bottle of rum around. Yeah. And then it was it was one of those jumbo-sized ones Whey! that probably cost him $3 or something. Yeah. And then we got near to the ground... And I saw him rummaging in a bin, and I went, "What are you doing there, mate?" And he went, "Don't worry, you'll find out after the game." And I was too drunk by that stage to really think about it. And after the game, we walked out, and he walked. We were walking away from the ground. We were a good, like five to ten minutes away from the ground, and he casually just walked over to the bin, reached deep down inside, and took out the bottle of rum and continued to <laughs> drink on. it.
1: Yeah, but there's no there's no sort of debris. On the bottle or anything? Sort of
2: wiped it with his sleeve. Yeah, of course. Also, another mate of mine who I've talked about before on this podcast, Billy Gallagher, he comes up a strange amount. I mean, I haven't seen him in years. But he once did that with a four-pack of Fosters at Vicarage Road. Right. He hid it in a bush because obviously you can't take the booze into the ground. Yeah. So he had some train beers and he had too many left. He'd miscalculated his sort of can-to-train-route ratio. Yeah. Something that you'd never do. No, no. but he had done so he had four spare cans so he hid them in a the bush and then afterwards on the way out he just went back in the bush as we were walking back to the station and got them out
1: picked them up and carried
2: uh, on. That a rumour legend has it that one of the cans was open and he, he'd hid it there whilst opened before the game and right. then just it'd gone a bit flat but he just continued to drink it carried on I mean, where he'd left you off. don't know what had sort of landed in there a rat but in. there are two good stories of how if you've got some alcohol that you don't want to throw away you'd be surprised at how easily it can be safely stored just in public you can
1: put anything anywhere for a short period of time Yeah, I, yeah. I think you could even put it in plain sight and somebody would just like go well that's obviously someone's. I'll leave it there.
2: People would be suspicious as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably. People are suspicious. They have, people say don't look a gift horse in the mouth, but again and again, that's exactly what British people do.
1: They, they do. A few, well, was one time a few of us went to see that that Ken Loach film, Looking for Cantonar. Yeah, and um, we decided we were going to smuggle some booze into the into the cinema. We had a few yeah. pre-film drinks, as you yeah, do. Yeah. In a pub across the road, uh, and it was winter, so lots of us were wearing like big coats and yeah, stuff. So the, the 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 barman let us try on. If you like the various bottles and cans that he had to see what we could secrete <laughs> yeah, in our various good pockets, man. and then we paid for the ones that would fit. Yeah, the, the most ap-
2: smuggle-friendly.
1: Yeah, exactly, and then drank them all as the film was on, and occasionally some empty bottles would roll along the floor. Yeah, uh, but by
2: that stage you were in, it was too late. The hook. Asher's not going to throw you; he's just some teenage kid trying to make a bit of exactly. extra pocket money.
1: Exactly, we were grown men.
2: Yeah, this, this is, is it. it.
1: Back to the World Cup, uh, the knockout phase was low on goals. There was only Italy, Germany, Argentina, Brazil and France that scored more than one goal in any of the knockout games. Jesus! Um, one of the liveliest ones was Portugal 1, Netherlands nil, which was dubbed the Battle of Nuremberg. <laughs> there was a new World Cup record with 16 yellow cards, 9 for Portugal, 7 for the Netherlands and 4 players sent off for second bookable offences. So that was exciting. Um, Sticking with the theme of low goal tallies, Portugal scored in the twenty-third minute of the round of sixteen, mm. and then didn't score again until the eighty-eighth minute of the third-place playoff. Jesus! But somehow they managed to squeak their way it's all the way. It's depressing,
2: that isn't it? I mean, the World Cup at the moment, and again, by the time you hear this, we might be proved completely wrong. But at where we are at the moment, while we're recording this, which is just getting towards the end of the group stage, half the groups have already been completed. At least there's been games with goals and, and incidents. Yeah, we've
1: only had one goal of me, which was that France-Denmark yeah. fiasco. Yeah. Um, yeah, but th- this one wasn't um, wasn't very lively at all. There was one 0-0 match, Ukraine and Switzerland, where uh, Ukraine won the penalty shootout 3-0. Switzerland were the first team to ever fail to convert any penalties in a shootout. <laughs> and it was such a terrible match that ITV highlights skipped straight at the penalties. They didn't even want to in- inflict the 120 minutes on the public so they just went straight at the penalties. Um semi-finals Italy beat Germany 2-0, France beat Portugal 1-0 and then in the final of course it was another penalty shootout. Yeah. Um 1-1 between Italy and France after extra time. But the highlight obviously of the final was Zidane headbutting in yeah, towards the end of the time. came quite late as
2: well, didn't yeah. it? I mean, it was a shit final. Do you think
1: he was just trying to duck out of having to take a penalty?
2: It was a shit final and like that happened, that one good memorable bit came really late and this was a poor World Cup. I mean, you've reminded me of awful. how poor it was. I've got quite good personal memories of it. I had some fun during it but it was really awful and, you know, the fact that the most memorable thing in the final was a headbutt by Zidane, the fact that Italy won it despite not it's not a memorable Italy team it wasn't one of the great Italy teams Uh, I think the player of the tournament was Cannavaro who was a defender which says a lot and I think it was a period where it was the, the era where Jose Mourinho was first kind of really in his ascendancy and he was he, he was the superstar of global management, a bit like Guardiola is now or Klopp. So whereas now the coaches that everyone admires and tries to emulate are very attacking. Yeah. Back then it was the world was you know enthralled to this bloke who based his entire um, idea of coaching yeah. about just stopping the a- other side. Attrition. Attrition, yeah. And then you see that in every game, it's like there's a load of one nils and nil nils and penalty shootouts because there's trends, isn't there in football? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the word I've got written here about this World Cup is functional.
2: Functional World and Cup. And I think
1: that's what it was. There were no major shocks. All the big teams progressed as you'd expect them to. There was no standout players. The golden shoe, yeah. the golden loafer, if you like, was um, won by Miroslav Klose. Yeah. He scored five goals.
2: Says it all as well, doesn't it? Five and goals not by only that. a bloke he's a pretty boring player, Klose, wasn't yeah. he?
1: Yeah, not only that, no other player scored more than three goals in the tournament.
2: Pathetic. Um, England bloody could have won it had we had a decent go if we hadn't been on the piss the whole time yeah
1: I mean I I think I jumped up and punched the air when Zidane did what he did because it, it brought the whole tournament out of its coma that had been in
2: yeah but it was, it was so late on. And actually, France were not a team who were... France going into the tournament were regarded as an ageing spent force because yeah. they'd been great where they'd won the World Cup, then the Euros, two That's in a right, row. Yeah. And that was, by this stage, a few years had gone by and it was a lot of the same players, but they'd all got a bit older, like Lizarazu, Zidane, I think... Trezeguet. Vieira, yeah. Trezeguet. And so people were thinking, yeah, they're not they're not what they used to be. And the very fact that they managed to get through to the final, all the way through to the final, says a lot. It
1: does. It does. So that's it. That's World Cup 2006.
2: We haven't, uh, What about bastard of the tournament?
1: We haven't. Yeah, we haven't allocated a bastard yet. Um,
2: Most people would say Cristiano Ronaldo for the wink. They would. But as we've said, we didn't think it was that bastardish. No. I mean, it was um, just a wink.
1: I would say probably the father of the player that fucked off with the tracksuits.
2: Oh, yeah, I'd love to name but that But we can't man, name him, can but, we? Yeah never mind Just, he was the bastard of the tournament. He this was. time so that's Set Clatter awarded him with the golden bastard he did
1: that's World Cup 2006 we'll be back in a, a few days time with World Cup 2010 South Africa we're going to end with ITV's risible theme music which of course is David Bowie's Heroes as covered by their fucking awful Kasabian <laughs>